Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Commons by Celebs. And welcome to episode 15 from Quarantine. I think we're at 16. Are we at 15? I don't know. This is the this is the one week that we didn't check ahead of time where we we're at. I was so happy you didn't ask me. <laughs> I w- I really wasn't going to do it, and then I was like, no, I I still need a couple more weeks of just doing the mental separation for myself. A couple you know? more weeks? That's a lot of time. I know. I just, Julie, I have to tell you, I was floored this week that we had this many things to talk about. I'm I was fully expecting us to get to the point where like there were just no stories and I was okay with it. I wasn't even upset. I was like, you know what? We'll do something else. We'll do some sort of a bonus episode. And then out of left field, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler get divorced today. Let me tell you something. I have this every single week. Every single week at the beginning of the week, I'm like, there is nothing to talk about. Every single week at Friday, when you say, When are you gonna do the outline? I stall because there's nothing to talk about. And then all of a sudden, Sunday night rolls around and there's just somehow, by the grace of God, enough content. Yeah, it's really true. We have Kristen Cavallari, we have Tom Hanks, SNL, um, Catherine Schwarzenegger, Chris Pratt. Isabel, we're going to talk about the Claire Carley thing for a second. Isabel's going to come on at some point and we're going to do like a 15-minute Bravo situation because I know not everyone's a watcher. And if you're not totally fast forward, we're not taking up any, we're not not talking about anything else, but I have been watching a little bit and there was just too much to not talk about it um, for Beverly Hills in New York. So we're going to do that. And uh, I don't know. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Me too. I also wanted to mention just two quick housekeeping things. First of all, it is confirmed. I told you guys after watching Too Hot to Handle, I was like, we are making these interviews happen. And we have four interviews tomorrow and Tuesday with some of the cast. So we're going to release a bonus episode, a Too Hot to Handle bonus episode on Wednesday. And then next week's bonus episode, like in addition to the regular two, we um, 
Dell for their small business podference were included where basically they have this lineup of podcasters discussing um, different elements of small business and how it fits in with their content, et cetera. So what we decided to do was we wanted to look at how organic celebrity endorsements impact small businesses. And we basically you know, did, did some of the research ourselves and just talked about like some of our favorites, like the Sevelezers of the world. But we then also interviewed a couple of different companies that have been directly impacted. For example, the woman who owns the cleaning brand that Kim Kardashian randomly tweeted about or Cashware, which is the robe company that I talk about constantly. So I'm really excited for that episode because it was actually so much fun to do, wasn't it? Oh my God, I had the best time. Mary sent me a robe after. I like couldn't have had more fun. <laughs> yeah, you guys know. And again, I mean, I say this in the episode, but none of that stuff is paid. It's literally just because we like those brands. Um, okay, you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Obviously, the story that we're starting with today is the news that shocked us, and I think it shocked all of you, Chris and Cavallari and Jay Cutler announcing their divorce. I mean, this was as out of left field as it comes, was it not? Honestly, I really didn't expect it. Like now, I just didn't expect a divorce to happen during quarantine. It wasn't even like them specifically. I just didn't like, I didn't think anybody was going to get a divorce during this time period. Yeah. So a couple hours ago today, Sunday, which when you guys are listening to this will be Monday, Kristen and her husband, Jay, both on their Instagram post with great sadness after 10 years together, we have come to a loving conclusion to get a divorce. We have nothing but love and respect for one another and are deeply grateful for the years shared memories made and the children we are proud of. This is just a situation of two people growing apart. We ask everyone to respect our privacy as we navigate this difficult time within our family. So just to backtrack for a second, about a month ago, they were receiving a lot of backlash because they were kind of quarantined in the Bahamas for three weeks with Justin Anderson, who's Kristen's hairstylist and also best friend. And they were saying they were stuck there, but they came back to Nashville in the beginning of April. So things have been kind of quiet on that front. And, you know, in terms of their timeline, like, let's just go back for a second. So 2010 is they met when Kristen was given tickets to a Chicago Bears preseason game. Obviously, Jay was the quarterback. And their relationship kind of progressed quickly. And in her book, she wrote, we hung out two nights later and that began a swift and intense romance. I flew back to Chicago at least every two weeks. When we were apart, we texted constantly and he wrote me the sweetest love emails. A year later, after eight months of dating, they get engaged over the Easter weekend while on vacation in Mexico. The next year they have their first son. The next year they get married in Nashville. Next year they have their other son. The next year they have their daughter. So I mean, for three years straight, they were just having kids. And July, 2018, Barry Cavallari premieres on E! It ended up having three seasons. And we saw, I mean, he was, he was involved, you know? Yeah. I mean, also we just saw them. I I think when divorces like this happen, people are so shocked because when a couple is more public than the average celebrity couple, it's so surprising when they get divorced because we just saw them posting in the Bahamas a month ago. Yeah. She's, she's not one. I mean, I know she keeps her kids private. But in terms of her relationship, she's very open about it, I think. Right. Like there are a lot of celebrity couples that get divorced and it's like you're shocked, but it's like you realize like it's not like you're seeing them together every day. It's not like they're constantly posting each other. It's not like they have a reality show together. So it's like, yeah, you're shocked that they got divorced. But half of that shock is because you had no idea what their relationship was like. This is like, we kind of knew what your relationship was like. We saw a lot of it on the show. We saw it on your Instagram. So it's only, it's so shocking now because of that. Absolutely. And also, I think that Kristen specifically, because we got to know her on Laguna Beach in the Hills, 
whether not saying this is warranted at all, but I think that the public expects a certain level of transparency from her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not saying that's right, but so for it to be such a shock, it's almost like we felt like we should have saw it coming. Do you know, does that make sense? Like there should have been some indication of of an issue, some something that would have led you to believe that this was a possibility. Yeah, which also like this just got announced today. So I want to, I feel like the right thing to do is just give it time. I don't want to jump in on it. Obviously we didn't like ask for a comment or anything like that. I would be lying if I said that this didn't bring up some sort of like curiosity for me in terms of what's going on here. What could have been so urgent that it had to happen and be announced during quarantine. But like, it's the right thing to do, just respect their privacy. So I'll do that for right now. But I'm going to tell you, I'm very fucking curious. I feel the exact same way. Right exact same way yeah and it, it'll everything's always come out you know what I mean I'm sure at some point when she feels ready it's so new I'm sure at some point she'll speak on it she knows that she has a her fan base is invested like in her and in her life and I think especially if there's going to be another season she's going to speak to it you know yeah definitely I mean I would I would assume so yeah so the next thing we wanted to talk about was Brad Pitt as Fauci on SNL oh Julie I literally could not text you any faster when that popped up on my TV. Oh my God. Julie literally texted her. She's like, you guys want to come? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I I lost it. I mean, you know, first off, there's so many things here because, and this happens personally to me and I think it happens to you every single time Brad Pitt comes on my television, I have this re remembrance. Like I forget every single time just how hot he is. And then he pops up and I'm like, oh, right. That's why you're one of a kind, you know? It's also like his voice hits so hard. Like when he was doing Fauci and then he took the, took the wig off and started speaking in his regular voice, I was like, oh my God, your no, voice. Like I have a visceral reaction to the sound of your voice. When he took the, the wig off and then just spoke directly to the healthcare workers. Oh, I made it a gift. He literally did. No, I mean, he's, he's really, um, he's just one of a kind. You're right. There is something about his voice. It's so calming and it's so serene yet. It's so powerful, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. I was just thinking about it. (laughs) Like I need a minute. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I forgot like his, because you don't hear his voice that often. Like now during like award season, we were hearing it so much. And then we had to take a break from hearing Brad Pitt's voice. And I think it's just comforting to hear it again. It really is. Also, because, you know, we never know. Dr. Fauci gets withheld from us occasionally. So we never know when we're going to get him. So then to get fucking Brad Pitt as him, I was like, this is the best day of my life. Those are my two favorite people in the world right now. I know. Literally, what could be better than Brad Pitt and Fauci as one person? Oh, my God. No. No. It's overwhelming when you really think about it. You really think about it. Is there anything else from SNL that you wanted to touch on? Um, Adam Sandler and Pete Davidson did a little song. Pete's looking good in quarantine. Julie texted uh, me and she, she sent me or she like sent Pete's Insta. She's like, you know, I forgot how into him I am. I'm like, you know, it's not your fault that you forgot. He hasn't been in our orbit as much. I like forget and remember every 20 minutes. Right. But that's like me and Brad. <laughs> yeah. Except different because it's Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, next thing we wanted to talk about was Katherine Schwarzenegger and Chris Pratt expecting their first child. So just to refresh everybody's memory, she's 30, he's 40. He has one child who's seven years old with his ex, Anna Faris. And they haven't put out a statement, but you know, they got they got tipped off and she or I would have happened, a source close to them, you know, said that they were expecting and then she was on a bike ride on Sunday or Saturday and you could see her bump. It was seemed like it was a setup, right? I think it was probably like paparazzi knew to look for her and she Mm -hmm. like 
And because the news was out, she didn't have a problem debuting her bump. I don't know if it was like a setup, call the paparazzi, have them waiting outside, Sean and Camilla type vibe, but it was definitely like not an accident is what I would say. The thing is, they're the kind of couple, and I don't mean this negatively, that does the whole Nick and Priyanka thing. Like they're very much, remember their wedding announcement, same thing was posted at the same time. So I'm going to be, I'm curious to see how this goes when they announce it. Like, will it be both of them posting the exact same thing at the exact same time? Will it just be a her thing? I don't know. You know? Yeah, I think I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was an exact same thing at the exact same time. Well, I know what I am looking forward to though. What? Anna Faris's comment on that post. Well, because remember she commented on their engagement post. Which was a big deal at the time. She was like, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations both. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, just to refresh everybody's memory. So August 2017, that's when Anna and Chris announced their separation and they filed for divorce that December. June of 2018, so it was less than a year, Chris and Catherine were seen on a picnic date and it was later revealed that they had been dating for months prior. So November 2018, Chris and Anna's divorce is finalized and then January 2019, Chris and Catherine announce um, their engagement, which which Anna comments, I'm so, so happy for you both. Congratulations. And then they were married June of 2019. So it was a really quick from divorce to marriage was really quick. Yeah. I'm like underratedly obsessed with Catherine Schwarzenegger and Chris Pratt. I think they are an amazing couple. I think they make, I'm not obsessed with them, but I think they make sense together. They make so much sense together. I think- also, like a lot of it, I think there are qualities about them that people wouldn't necessarily think, but like they're both super into their faith. It's like a Justin and Haley vibe. Yeah, in that they're, very re- they're both very religious, very like, they like are a good, like they love nature. They love being on the farm. Like, you know what I mean? They just like, comp- like their interests just complement each other well. On paper, it makes sense. Although we know literally nothing about their personalities. Well, we know a lot about Chris Pratt's personality. Well, I guess my whole thing is that I just... What's, what's hard for me, let me think how I want to phrase this. What's interesting to me is that I can't think of two more opposite people than Anna Faris and Katherine Schwarzenegger, which one could argue, okay, well, that's why it didn't work out with Anna, right? But it's just interesting that someone could be, you know, married to both of those people. Well, I think the thing that you have to remember about Chris Pratt is that Chris Pratt is a is a not a very different person than he used to be, but a pretty like there was a change there. Like when he and Anna were first together, he was like this big goofy guy. He wasn't like a huge movie star. He hadn't done Guardians of the Galaxy yet. Like he was the goofy guy from Parks and Rec, and she was the big deal in the family. She was the big actress. She was the big name. And there was a switch in that where he went from being this like goofy funny guy to like he got ripped for guardians of the galaxy he was doing more bigger movies more big picture stuff and there was kind of that switch in his personality where he went from being what he was to like the guy he is now while still keeping that kind of goofy element to him and that's a huge part of why him and anna didn't work out it wasn't so much about her personality i think it was about the fact that he started becoming bigger and bigger yeah well you always said that yeah. Like in that, the, the, like the shift in terms of their fame level. Yeah. I mean, Chris Pratt, like he wasn't always, he's such a household name now. He wasn't always like that. I, no, I understand. And I think that that totally did play a role. But I guess my thing is like, take that aside, just the way that Anna and Catherine present themselves. Again, I don't know them personally. Right. It, like I think so- that a 10 years ago, Chris Pratt could have never, would have never dated Catherine Schwarzenegger, but a 10 years ago, Chris Pratt would have definitely dated Anna Faris. Right. Totally. And that's agree. where it kind of starts to make a little bit of sense to me. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, people can change. 
Um, next thing we wanted to talk about, just because it's such a feel-good story. So this little eight-year-old boy named Corona DeVries wrote a letter to Tom Hanks saying that he was being bullied because of his name. And Tom wrote him back this letter, which I'm going to read. Dear friend Corona, your letter made my wife and I feel so wonderful. Thank you for being such a good friend. Friends make their friends feel good when they are down. I saw you on TV, even though I was back in the USA already and all healthy. Even though I was no longer sick, getting your letter made me feel even better. You know, you're the only person I've ever known to have the name Corona, like the ring around the sun, a crown. I thought this typewriter would suit you. I had taken it to the Gold Coast and now it is back with you. Ask a grown, as a grown up how it works and use it to write me back. You've got a friend in me. Thanks again. And he gifted him a typewriter from, that was a brand Corona, which is like such a fucking Tom Hanks thing to do. I, f- I love him. There is no one better. There is no one better than Tom Hanks. No, he's such a good guy. He's like one of those, it's really true how people say if something negative came out about him, you'd really be distraught. It's really like, that would be a Khloe Kardashian questioning her own judgment of character with men right. thing would be no, my whole life. No, I have, well, Tom Hanks is one of those people where I would never even have any qualms about being like, don't meet your heroes. Cause I know that he would live up to what I was expecting. Yeah. Remember that speech? What, 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 I forget what award show that was. When he won for like the Lifetime Achievement Award, yes, oh. yeah, he's a he's a little sweetheart. And Charlize and Charlize introduced him. Yep, every single person has nothing but the nicest things to say. Remember, we did that Patreon episode once, Em, and it was like like uplifting stories about celebrities that you've never heard. It was yeah. all like him and Keanu Reeves. Yeah, so 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 true. Um, the next thing we wanted to talk about, not really a story, but Julie and I just were personally confused that this post didn't get more likes, like not because we care, just because we thought it was a big deal. So Paris Hilton posted this throwback of her when she was 15 and she made the caption back when I was 15 and discovered the wonders of a push-up bra and eyeliner. And Nicole Richie comments, I remember our push-up bra stage and Paris replied like, oh, we discovered those together. And Julie sent this to me and she was like, holy shit, this is a huge deal. Like when have we ever seen them really interact on social? And we thought it was going to blow up and it got like 18,000 likes. (laughs) Okay. I feel like maybe the issue at the end of the day is that people didn't realize that they don't interact on social media a lot. Like, I don't know. Like for me, I was like, I, I can't remember anything more than a possible emoji comment. Same, same. And I guess just to us, it's like there's such a huge difference between like Nicole Richie commenting, bringing up a memory or playing off of a post or like talking about their friendship than like a heart emoji on a picture. Like there's such a huge difference there. I can't believe other people don't notice that. To me, I, you know, Julie, that's why like I don't, I, it's, I don't care that it didn't do well. I just wanted everybody else to join in with us about this moment of like, you guys realize that Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie are on Instagram talking about the fact that they discovered push-up bras together like if that doesn't make you nostalgic I don't know what will and I also feel like people I don't know do people not remember that there was a fight do people not remember that we weren't sure what like the state of their relationship was you know something I think people are so yeah I kind of feel like their things are you know seemingly good now and people have kind of moved on which I it was great I mean I, I don't want anyone holding on to the negativity but <laughs> we we were just like so excited <laughs> I thought that was going to be like our best performing post. We were like so excited and the likes are rolling in so slowly and we're like, okay, clear. like one of us is wrong. It's either us or everyone else. So maybe it's I, I think it's everyone else. <laughs> so I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who 
know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So the next thing we wanted to talk about, you guys know we aren't really bachelor people, but this just felt worth mentioning. So Claire Crawley is the next bachelorette for season 16. And of course, her season was put on hold in light of the whole corona situation. But one of the contestants is Matt James. And in addition to Matt being known as being Tyler Cameron's best friend, he also is the founder of ABC Food Tours, which is a charity that he runs with Tyler. And, you know, he, I guess a good way to put his fame is like, because of the way that Tyler blew up, Matt kind of blew up with him, right? Would that make, does that make sense yeah. to you? It was like, you brought him along for the ride. Right. And I think that he has been, for the most part, received well by the public. Very well. Yeah. There was a little, if you guys remember, you know, back um, when Tyler and Hannah had first broken up, there was a little bit of beef there. I can't just believe I used the word, the term beef, but there, <laughs> there was a little bit of beef between Matt and Hannah because I think Matt being protective over Tyler didn't like the way that it all went down, but that's been totally squashed. They were in the quarantine crew together. Him and Hannah Brown are really close. So there's absolutely no bad blood. And I think he's now viewed in a positive light by Bachelor Nation, right? I think it's fine that you said beef. I don't know what other word you would have put there. I don't know. I just feel so weird beef saying is it. like, it's a very, imp- I, I feel like there's not a lot of replacements in terms of beef. Feud, shade. But it's not feud, really. It's just I just, felt like, I just felt like I was like an Entertainment Tonight caption writer or something. I you felt know? like you were, I don't even know. I felt like you were a tweeter. Yeah. You were <laughs> That's tweeting what I about the Bachelor beef. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, he, um, Matt was doing this fitathon, which was a 12 hour fitness event on Instagram Live to raise money for healthcare workers on the front lines. And he said, quote, there's a very beautiful young lady in Sacramento right now who's quarantining and who's patiently waiting for production on a show to pick back up. And I've been waiting as well. I'm hoping after everything settles down and everyone is safe that I'll finally get to meet her. I'm looking forward to it. So Clara then tweeted on Saturday, if you're doing interviews and creating cameo accounts before you're even on my season, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Hashtag don't waste your time. Respect the opportunity you've been given. Respect the rules. Respect me. So... People obviously thought that this was a direct call out to Matt and Olivia Caridi, who's one of the, I mean, she's been on a million different things with The Bachelor. She tweeted, who is he? Y'all are acting like I'm supposed to be able to deduce who this is about a certain person. And Claire responds, you weren't supposed to deduce, babe. It was about multiple men and a general thought I was having while we sit here in a real life crisis where someone's, everyone's time and sincerity holds so much weight and value. I just interesting response. It was clearly about one person. Yeah, you know something? 
I don't know, Julie. Bad vibe from that tweet. I don't know what to, I, I like, is that weird that I have an opinion? No, because you know what's funny is that like, okay, so sometimes when we do the outline, when I'm doing the outline, right, and I send you things to, to do and you tell me things to add or whatever, occasionally there will be something that I don't know about. This was one of those things. And I was looking it up and I was like, just so interested in this story for some reason. And I was reading all the Twitter replies of like people on Twitter replying to her tweet defending him. And they were, there was one tweet and it was like, it was like, listen, we like Claire, but we stand like we stand Matt James. And I was like, this is so interesting. Yeah. Well, because Because people know him. That's the other side of this is that like, yeah, he's going on the bachelorette, but he's already a face. He's already a name. He's already a person that people know. Right. And also I, yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. Also, like it was a weird, I thought there were a couple parts of this that were weird. First of all, it seemed off of her, her to say that right after he was doing something for charity. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like he was doing interviews about, yes, he mentioned her, but like it was for a good cause. I mean, his entire ABC food tours thing is for a good cause. And I just felt like it seemed a little misplaced for her to do kind of like, to, you know, it's not your moment here kind of thing. People asked about her. Like, it's not like he was promoting this and he randomly was like, and by the way, let's bring yeah. this back to the Bachelorette. And the other thing that I wanted to say is that what's really interesting here is that when she was chosen, there was such um, a level of like, again, we're not in Bachelor Nation, but just from the research that I did, there was a lot of support because people were really excited that she was a little bit of an older bachelorette, you know, that hopefully they were going to have an older cast um, and people that were really serious, you know, not like a 23 year old type situation. And so it was just crazy to see how quickly people turned on her in his defense. Yeah, I totally, it's really, I mean, also people were, like, I think people had a bad taste in their mouth about this season to begin with, not because of her, but because I think that they expected because The Bachelorette was a little bit older that the men would then reach, they like would be casted differently and they weren't. So I think there's already so much drama surrounding the season and it hasn't even started yet. And that's the thing about like Bachelor Nation that I've noticed is like, just because the show isn't on doesn't mean that the drama is going to stop. So while we're waiting, it's kind of like the drama has to happen somehow. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. I'm curious to see how that pans out. You know? Yeah, me too. Also, you know, like... So interesting. Sorry, while we're on the topic of Bachelor, I can't get over Peter and Kelly, and I can't get over their TikToks. What do you think? Him on TikTok, he should be banned. Sorry. No, he should be banned, but I no, like... The, right, but when she does hers and he kind of makes a cameo, I don't mind it. But what's so interesting also is, like, their comments... Oh my God. Like when he commented on the thing about Matt, Maddie talking about him and he was like, he like really publicly commented on that. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing with all of these people that, let me tell you something, Julie, that right there is the reason that we were surprised that we didn't get more of Kristen Cavallari because that's the reality star, the reality star behavior that we're used to. That's the Brody Jenner behavior that we're used to. Right. You know? And Kristen Cavallari, like at the end of the day, like, yeah, this show was a lot about showing her life and her business. But Kristen Cavallari is a seasoned vet in the world of reality TV. We're exactly. going back to Laguna Beach here. Right. We're if not used to have a public relationship meltdown after 20 years of doing reality TV. Then we got to talk. That's what I'm saying, though. We were not prepared for how classy Kristen Cavallari is. You know, I know for all of us, we're sitting here like kind of pissed because we want more. But the bottom line is she's doing it right. Yeah, she's a class act. We're just like, all we want is information. I know. I, yeah, exactly. I and know. It feels less invasive to want 
information about reality stars versus celebrities because they're giving it to us anyway. Exactly. It's like, listen, I, I, I am not confused here. If Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendez were going through a divorce, I wouldn't think I would be shocked to see even a statement. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know my expectations there. Right. I, I don't think that either of us are are living in some alternate universe. In that the regard. only thing I can compare it to, like of how I feel is like when you're getting Froyo. And let's say you go to Pink Bear, like you're going to taste one thing because they're giving it to you. But if you're at a 16 handles and the tasting is entirely up to you, they leave those little cups by the thing and you can have as many as you want. That's reality TV. Like if you're going to put yourself on reality TV, I'm tasting every fucking flavor you put out. But if I have to ask for it, I'm asking for one or two absolute tops. Julie, beautifully said, you know I love a Froyo analogy. Anytime, kid. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondering app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We're going on to our next subject, which I really appreciate the personalized DMs that we got regarding me and my interest in the subject because you guys know damn well I'm here to talk about it, which is Aaron Carter. And if you remember, if you've been a seasoned vet of this podcast, you know that back when the height of his drama was happening with Nick and really just with him in general, I somehow took an interest in this and I kind of went deep. Since then, to be honest, I've taken a step back because it's gotten to the point where it's just too much chaos. It's kind of like Trump doing the briefings every single day. When you're when you're Aaron Carter and you're going on live 12 hours a day, every single day, you can't expect me to stick with you. Like I was, I was rooting for you. I really was. That's but a then fair I just, point. You know? So in recent months, he got this new girlfriend, this woman, Melanie Martin. And, you know, after on March 30th, he says that he's single because him and Melanie got into this fight. She was arrested for domestic violence. And according to TMZ, the LA County Sheriff's Department went to his home at 11 p.m. on March 29th for a domestic violence call. She was taken into custody and held on $50,000 bail. And later, Aaron told TMZ that um, Melanie informed him she was pregnant right before they got into the argument. And he said, you know, he admitted that he didn't believe her and said that there was no chance that they would be getting back together. Of course, they get back together. Um, they reconcile, et cetera. And he says, we just realized that we love each other. Family is most important to me. She, you know, announces this pregnancy. And he, uh, he says, this is what we both want. We both were trying for it. I'm just focused on the future and being a dad. I want to be a good dad. I'm focused. My music career has been doing really well in touring, having my clothing line out, all that stuff I have going for me that isn't necessarily just music. Family is most important to me. Well, of course, I mean, that was around the end of March, early April. It's now April 26th. No, not only are they not together anymore, as of yesterday, he posted a picture, my life, my choices, at Victoria Alexeva, which is another woman that he is apparently linked to. Wait, and when she, did he announce that they were pregnant? When did he announce that they were pregnant? Well, didn't he just announce he was, they were pregnant the other day? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, too. It happened in the course of a week. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, my life, my choices, period. 
at Victoria Lux of a pit with a picture of them, him and this other girl, you know, looking, I'm looking at it as I'm, as I'm looking at this, they're lying in a field of flowers. You can see his face tattoo in full fucking steam. And when I looked her up, she is apparently in the real estate business. Her bio says Los Angeles luxury real estate expert dog mama. How are people dating in quarantine? Oh, I thought you were going to say, how are people dating Aaron Carter? No, you know what? That I can understand. We all had an I want candy fantasy. If you're still trying to live it out, obviously I have some questions for you, but I understand where your head was at in the first place. I think it shouldn't have dragged on as long as it did, but I understand how you got there. But how are people dating in quarantine? There's just, there is just a a lack of fucks, you know? Where did they meet? Knows, probably you can't go out to a restaurant. You can't meet at a bar. I'm I'm confused. Instagram. Maybe he signed up for her. She signed up for his OnlyFans. Who knows? There's a lot of ways these ways these days. This is wild. I know it is. No, I mean, listen. I had to. I really had to take a step back. It's kind of how I feel about Trisha Paytas. Like I'm so interested, but it, it's too much to the point where I sometimes just need to take a step back. But yes, if you're confused from hearing this, that's not because I didn't explain it well. That's just because it's very confusing. In the course of a month, they broke up. She got arrested for domestic violence. They got back together. They announced the pregnancy. They broke up again and he is now dating someone else in the course of about 30 days. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. What do I would like? Isabel, are you there? Oh, I am here. Hey, kid. She's been muted this whole time and we are very excited to bring Isabel on because you know, this quarantine has really gotten me back in touch with my Bravo roots. And after watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the most recent episode of, of New York, I realized that it would be doing a disservice to our community to not spend 10 minutes talking about it. Okay. So in order to best organize our thoughts, I kind of made a bulleted list. Feel free to chime in. I know you'll have thoughts about this. Um, I kind of want to focus on certain things. And, you know, we could sit here for three hours and recap the episodes because they are fucking good every show on bravo right now is absolutely killing it but beverly hills and new york are truly i haven't enjoyed it this much in so long and it just brings me so much joy oh so, my god i think we okay let's start with beverly hills because also another another thing that we get to talk about is the comments like these shows continue offline just as good as when the cameras are rolling. So things like the the things these women say, they also say on Instagram. So the show never stops, which is just, it just brings me so much joy. Well, that's exactly, it's kind of the Chris and Cavallari situation. It's like they play fucking dirty. Right. They, yeah, they are reality stars. Like they, everything that they do on TV also translates into social media. So it's like, even when the cameras are down, it's still, it continues 365 days a year. Exactly. Okay. So. Beverly Hills, the entire, the first episode was a ride. It was an amazing episode. You know, you don't remember, well, you do remember, but it doesn't hit you how glamorous and elite these women are in general, but also compared to the other franchises until they're back. These Beverly Hills women, they are rich. They are fashionable. They, no other franchise puts as much effort and time into their looks confessional looks and just and even when they're going to the fucking diner as these women and that to me is just it's irreplaceable 
Well, that Lisa Rinna talking about Sutton, the way that she describes her, is the, is us talking about every other franchise right. compared to Beverly Hills. Like, you know, Lisa saying, oh, no one does couture like Sutton does couture. No, she has money. She has money. That's how we all think of Beverly Hills in comparison to New Jersey to New York. And I get it. They're all glamorous. But Beverly Hills, it's another level. Right. And I mean, to me, the show started as like everyone was at a certain level and some of the shows have kind of strayed from that in the best way possible but this to, it still feels like I was binge watching season one because Bravo has been doing these insane amazing marathons which we'll get to later and I was like you know what it still has the same like roots which is amazing okay. mm-hmm. so the episode's amazing but it's all about the last 30 seconds where they start teasing what we've all been waiting for which is Brandy Glanville and Denise allegedly having an affair and Brandy spilling the beans about it. And it kind of previews the rest of the season. We'd been hearing like rumors about Denise stopped filming with the women and what was going to happen. They completely broke the fourth wall. I know we're using that right here. Don't come for Julie or me. And (laughs) completely broke the fourth wall, like showed Kyle and Lisa in their confessionals, the producers talking to them. And the part that really shook everyone was Denise yelling at the cameras like, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Like, basically wanting the cameras to turn off. And this, we, I think somebody on Twitter said this is the first time we've ever heard a mention of the word, like, bravo in a Housewives series, which is crazy to think about. Well, apparently it was, like, their, her safe word, yeah. I think, is, like, an unknown thing that we didn't necessarily know within the franchises. Yeah. That kind of so, signals. I'm like, pretty sure that's Isabel's safe word, too. <laughs> honestly yeah so yes so basically what came out later was that the women like the the older housewives who have been on the show longer made it a thing that if you want it it was a trick if you don't want the cameras to be able to use footage uh, the producers you mentioned bravo or mentioned filming it's like the oldest trick in the book so teddy during the live you know a lot of them live tweet the episode teddy tweeted bravo 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 always keeps it rolling even when you try to control things and denise wrote back to her it, she like kind of like made some spelling errors i don't know but the point she said was you were that someone that told me at kyle richards about it basically saying these women taught her about it and now they're saying like oh you can't don't do that it's not right, right. you know but yeah it was originally their trick which i thought was really interesting so that ending was just insane i mean if if you've ever it was a cliffhanger to end all cliffhangers I mean, no, but can I just say something? And like, I think even Julie, I know that you don't really watch this, but you will still agree with this. There is no one in, okay, maybe no one is a bold claim, but there are very few people in the history of reality television that are as messy as Brandy Glanville. And I mean that positively in the sense of like, no one gives us better TV. Right. So you know, when fucking Brandy is involved in the biggest plot line of the season, it's going to be good. And not even that, let me not forget, Denise Richards is a real fucking celebrity. Like, Denise Richards is not just a housewife. Like, this would have been crazy with just any of the housewives. Denise Richards is literally an actress that is, her ex is Charlie Sheen. Like, she has real gravity in Hollywood and stuff. And so that just makes it 10 times more interesting. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, Wait, I have to say one last thing on it before you go to New York. The thing that I was going to say is that- We're not on New York yet because I have a couple more things to say, but keep going. Okay. Even when they're talking about, which Julie, you should watch this part because I think you'd find it interesting. Even when they're talking about Charlie, you know, wanting to take her to court, et cetera, you see like this other side of Denise comes out for a second. Not, not that it wasn't there, but that I think we forgot about or I at least forgot about. I'm like, wait a second. This woman is 
very unfazed by most things. Like she was married to Charlie fucking Sheen. So it takes a lot to rock her. So, you know, this affair rocked her for it to be this big of a deal. Yeah. For her to get this riled up. Because think about like, just from what we know, how, how frustrating everything with Charlie has been custody and, Everything, even those five minutes that we saw in this episode, how he is just up and down and she is totally cool as a cucumber. Every time that anyone brings him up, like it doesn't get her going. And she's like, I know how to handle it. I got it. So that that just means that this is just going to be even crazier. I think because it kind of touches on her marriage with Aaron, which is so stable and he's such a little cutie that um, I don't know. I'm just really excited to see what happens. So did they have an affair? We don't know for sure yet. We don't know for sure yet. It's like, it's just, that's the big you thing. You think yes? Um, yeah. yeah, I think yes. I kind of just like from all the clues, but one more thing on the Brandy Denise situation, Brandy posted a random picture of her, like literally her fried rice in a pan. It looked disgusting, but that's besides the point. And somebody commented, can you fill us in on Denise Richards? All the best. And she wrote back, no, she sent me a cease and desist. I will not talk about her. So that was just a little bit of a more um, real life, real time update. So mm. I'm really excited to see what happens on Beverly Hills. Also, there I loved the editing in these first couple episodes was savage. Like they put literal overlays of Lisa Vanderpump's tagline while Rinna's wearing a crown. Like they just they really went for it, and they gave uh, they gave everybody what they wanted. Truly, it was just amazing. They gave it their all, and I gotta tell you, Erica Jane crying in that kitchen with Tom, crying twice just- in one episode was it was everything. She was on Watch Happens Live, and Andy could not get over it, and I was just so happy about it. Yeah, I mean, my only not complaint, the only thing I could add to Erica Jane to make her more likable would just be additional vulnerability, which I understand she has a sensitive past, but like I love seeing it. Yeah, you know, everyone, yeah. everyone her crying twice in this episode is exactly what everybody wanted. They knew that she just needed to crack and she had it in her. So seeing her really like sweet, vulnerable relationship with her husband, how proud she was of her work, talking about her son, which rarely ever happens. Like I think Garcelle brings out a really good energy in her. I'm obsessed with Garcelle. Um, And I also love her friendship with Erica so far. So we'll see what happens. Garcelle is a real bitch. I I like love her. And Allie Landry, beautiful. Allie Landry, I like she's on this on the episode, and I'm like, where is her diamond? I also think she's like best friends with Kyle, so it would just make sense. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if next season she had a small like, yeah, friend of housewife situation. Um, Let's move to New York. Okay, New York. Oh, last thing about Beverly Hills is that Kyle made a fucking hilarious TikTok during the famous "You're such a fucking liar," Camille, um, scene from season one which was playing on bravo at the time and it was just like amazing i love when they i love when they just get it and they can laugh at themselves 10 years later yeah Um, okay new york talk about a whole different rodeo like it is oh oh, it is just like it is so that show is so funny and watching it now versus what it started as is so funny but it is so good it is pure entertainment no, I have. Okay, hold on. We're o- we only in in the interest of time. We really should discuss the most recent episode, obviously, because that's the one that made the yeah. most, made the most headlines. But Julie, I will make you this deal right now. I promise you, 
solid promise on my life. I will watch the first episode of Euphoria tonight if you promise me that this week you will watch that episode of New York. Oh my God. You will watch it tonight? I will watch it tonight. Okay. Once you watch, I will then watch. Okay. Because I just want you in on this conversation so badly because you would have been losing your mind. This was literally Housewives Gone Wild. They are all butt naked in the pool at Ramona's Hamptons house. By the way, when Ramona leaves them all at her house to go on a date, because obviously, um, it was just insane. And the best part of the episode was the vibrator in the chicken. And I want to touch on this because obviously it's fucking hilarious and it was teased last week and all everyone can talk about is like, what the fuck is up with the vibrator and the chicken? And then finally we see they had a wild night. They catered in Italian food. It was all on platters on Ramona's dining room and somehow Sonia's vibrator, whoever's vibrator ended up in the chicken. So the episode premieres, they find it in the morning. So no one knows how it got there. And this is why. We love fucking social media. Yes, because Isabel, Isabel over here, like a little investigative journalist. Literally, Nancy Drew is shaking. <laughs> Out of left field, Ramona's friend Elise, who's been in the last two episodes, also like give this girl a title. Elise, yeah. Elise is the hero, the unsung hero of Real Housewives of New York. She comes in. Leah, okay, I'll read it to you. She first, Elise put a story up of the vibrator in the chicken on her screen and wrote, at Leah, it was you. Okay. So some people caught that, you know, Elise has like 2000 followers. Like she, you know, it's not picking up any traction, but then Leah posts a photo, like a couple photos from that night and writes, these are pics from the day after our wild quote vibrator in the chicken night. I'm lucky I woke up with only damage done being one nail broken. Also took my first helicopter ride and probably last very hungover with Tinsley Mortimer. Elise writes, you do know that it was you who put the vibrator in the chicken, right? And Leah goes, wait, did I put the vibrator in the chicken? Elise, yes, you tried to stand it up, but it kept falling. And then Sonia marinated it. See, you need me to be sober to clean up any unanswered questions. Oh, my God. I've been waiting my whole fucking life to know who put the vibrator in the chicken, quite frankly. That was just, it was just everything. Like, I, just when you think they can't get more fucking ridiculous and hilarious, Luann is upset, is upset that she's in the guest room in the basement and then is getting a massage from the groomer. Sonia, Sonia is a gift from God. Um, I mean, come on. Sonia is, Sonia is reality television gold. Tinsley's in bed with a huge plate of pasta. It just, it just doesn't get better. It does not get better. I was into every single second of that. And you're right. It is totally different than the OG days, but so amazing. I'm a big Leah fan. I think she's really fun. I think she brings out a very down to earth fun side. And listen, Luann's a classic, you know, she's never going away, but there's a lot of things to complain about. Ramona's basement is just not one of them. Luann could find something to complain about anywhere. And it's just... She stirs the pot, and what can you say? It's it's funny, and Ramona honestly dealt with it like a champ. She knows it's not worth her time. One other thing that we have to talk about is, did you watch the episode before where they're at that huge Hamptons mansion? Having of course. The- okay, okay. So, this was also fucking hysterical, and you cannot help but cringe because they're around these like rich, fancy Hamptons people in this insane house, which I actually, of course, I'd obviously seen a tour of it before on some website julie i think i sent it to you and (laughs) and so they're getting out like they're just being the epitome of completely inappropriate and but you know that's just makes for good tv 
So, and Sonia can knock it over and she calls Ramona out so hard on her bullshit about how Ramona is like Jekyll and Hyde. Like she's with them, she's down, she's with the girls. But as soon as she's out with other people, fancy friends, you know, they're out at dinner in the Hamptons. She has her Ramona face on. So they're with the fancy friends and she's like putting on her little show. So, but Sonia calls her out on her shit in front of everyone and it's just great. So then on Instagram, Sonia posts this photo the night, the night, I think, of the episode premiere, she writes, it's a photo of her and some guy at a gallery, and she writes, last year at the Morgan Library for our LGBTQ event, didn't see hashtag Ramona Singer there, guess she wasn't invited, clown emoji. Because it wasn't a hashtag open house disguised as a social event for the quote in people in the Hamptons celebrating hashtag Ramona hashtag sorry, not sorry, hashtag open house, hashtag real estate, hashtag who's your broker, hashtag what's your kickback. What did you think? Wait, keeps going. What did you think when hashtag singer stinger made that comment? Hashtag projection, hashtag Bravo, hashtag Rahoni girls just never stop. And then. Dressed by Sonia by so- Sonia Morgan, and it's the same dress she wore to the party. I cannot handle it. Did Ramona comment on that? Um, I don't think Ramona did, but Dorinda wrote, "Oh Sonia, naughty, naughty heart." <laughs> yeah, they have their relationship is fascinating. It is because <sighs> Sonia is not afraid to call her out, and Dorinda. I mean. Dorinda just is there. It's just like, it's the best clusterfuck ever. And it's so good. And if you're not watching these seasons, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Beverly Hills is so juicy. Both of them, you don't need the backstory. I think that's a lot of what scares a lot of people about starting Housewives is that it is more quality if you know, like the deep rooted, like season one friendship issues, because sometimes they cite all the way back, but these, you just don't need it. It just will make you laugh. And Oh my God, it's a ride. I totally agree. Thank you for joining us for this. I needed that Bravo recap. No, I feel so educated, Isabel. I'm so glad. I'm really glad. Listen, if you don't, here's the thing. It doesn't take anything away. So if you're not a Bravo watcher, you can just fast forward. But if you are, I I would have felt like I needed someone to process that episode with. So I'm glad that we could do that together. I mean, you watch and you like can't get it off your chest fast enough because you're like, is everyone seeing what I'm seeing right now? Exactly. Okay, I love you. I love you. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry Family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic nonstick pants. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC.
Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, not as they really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Then the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Moving on to the award ceremony. So for Clapback, we had two nominees, Chris Cuomo and Marin Morris. We're really spanning the spectrum here. (laughs) We really are. (laughs) To be honest with you, I was rooting for Chris, but we leave it up to our Patreon every week and they voted Marin. But I just felt like I want to read the runner up. So, you know, as he always does, Chris Cuomo posted the IGTV from one of his um, shows and someone comments, I want to see you go hungry. And he responds, I want to see you happy and healthy. God bless. Like the goddamn class class act act he is, huh? Class act. Right? Yes. And the next was Maren Maren Morris posted a picture of herself and someone wrote, stop with the Botox. And she said, dude, I just went through a pregnancy and we're in the middle of a quarantine. The Botox has long worn off. I saw that in a tweet today. Somebody tweeted like, if you think LA looks bad now, imagine what it's going to look like when everyone's been filler filler free for three months. Yeah, but you know something? Like there's been a, I feel like you and I are more, are very in touch with obviously celebrities' comment section in terms of what people accuse them of. And it's so crazy that, Everybody is coming at people for the Botox and fillers now more than ever. Like, this is actually weird. This is actually probably the one time that they're not lying. Right. Well, I think also people don't understand. Like, I, I, I have to assume that the majority of trolls who comment about Botox and filler don't understand that it's not a one and done procedure. Like, I think they don't get that you have to constantly keep doing it to keep up with it. Right. I think they think it's like, okay, you got Botox once, you get Botox once. Like, it's so, like, I think they don't have a real understanding of how it actually works. Yeah. I mean, it was a little, it was bizarre when Kate Beckinsale was like, you know, never got it. I don't give a shit what she does. Like, fine. I just feel like it's hard to believe, but you know, something fine. But then someone else was, did you see there was like a whole Twitter thread about this that I couldn't believe that I read, but people were like, there's a real issue with trolls, (laughs) with trolls thinking that Botox and filler are the same things. That is a real issue. <laughs> that is a real issue. We need Simon Orion to come on and like educate these people. Because you know what? You know what? Everyone always, like if it's a picture of somebody's lips, that's why I know that trolls don't know that it's a constant upkeep process because they don't know the difference. Like if it's somebody's lips, they'll come big enough with the Botox. But you mean filler. Yeah. It's really- a cheekbone. You mean filler. Yeah. Wow. It's semantics. It, it is semantics, but it is, it makes their case less valid, I guess. I, I, listen, if you're going to argue against something, you have to be a hundred percent right in what you're arguing. Even yep. if it's not the main point, your argument has to be ironclad. Exactly. And then for funniest comment of the week, we are so proud and excited to present this to Chris Jenner. Chrissy posted a picture of her and her mom, uh, the spread in people and wrote people magazine, put us on their most beautiful list and we'll take it. Congrats at Pepper and whoever your publicist is and Chris Jenner comments, Pepper, please don't tell her. 
I loved I this. I, Chris Jenner is the queen of making jokes about being other people's like manager slash publicist. I know, but a Chris Pepper collab. I love to see it, Julie. This is what I, I needed to see it. Right. Okay. Moving on to the Kardashian recap. I absolutely want to start with Kylie's new house because holy shit. Same, kid. Yeah. Same. So Kylie buys this $36.5 million home in Holmby Hills, 24 miles from Calabasas. It's 15,350 square feet, two guest apartments, a chef's kitchen, a theater, bar, game room, basketball court, seven bedrooms, 14 bathrooms, 20 parking spaces, almost an acre, which in LA is actually a lot of space. And holy shit. Insane. No, literally insane. Yeah. I mean, I, someone was describing this, I forget where I was reading it, as it's kind of like a resort property. Like the whole goal in the, with this house is that you go and you're supposed to feel like you're at a resort, which I already feel that way in the Palm Springs house. I already feel that way, quite frankly, in her own, in her current house. Yeah, me too. You know? I mean, the Palm Springs house is the epitome of that for me. But is this, my question is, is, is she looking to make this her primary residence or this is now just another collection, another home to add to the collection? Listen, you don't make the $36.5 million house your collection house. You make it your constant house. But 24 miles from Calabasas is shocking. Well, that's why I kind of think that it's her and Trav together. Oh, interesting. There's just, I mean, listen, I have no other proof other than the fact of like, why would you move so far away from Calabasas? Like this house is the center of Beverly Hills. This is like the heart of LA. Right. But I don't think that she, at least from what I read, it wasn't like she was looking to sell her current house. I don't know. I mean, maybe she's keeping the other. I, I, I honestly don't know. But this is like, if she was buying another house that she wasn't using as her main house, she wouldn't have bought this one, I don't think. I don't but know. This estate. I mean, yeah, but $40 million sounds like a lot of money to us and to like most people, but it's kind of a drop in the bucket. It's not the craziest thing that she would, even if this was, even if she was splitting her time between the two, it's not the craziest thing that she would spend $40 million on a house that's only being occupied 50% of the time. You have to remember though, also in terms of real estate, like there aren't a lot of houses in that range. Like for her, yes, it's a drop in the bucket. Like it's still like a chunk of change for her, but there aren't a ton of houses that go in that range. Like those houses that are in that range are something special. Yeah. No, I know. Fucking Mohammed Hadid is shaking. You know what all I can think about is? What? Kylie's house, this house, that's a $36.5 million house that has all of these things is 15,000 square feet. Do you know how many square feet Drake's house is? It's what? 50,000, right? 50. 50. I know. That's I know. fucking insane. Yeah. That's insane, actually, when you think about it like that. Right. Wow. Wow. That's, you know, me and my dad were driving today and there was like, you know, we were just driving through one of the towns by mine and it's two acre zoning and the houses are really big, but there was one house being built. And I guess the guy had bought like four lots. And I was saying to my dad, I could have all of the money in the world. That is so unappealing to me. Like in no world would I want to, 30,000 square foot house. Like it just, it's, it just feels so cold, you know? I mean, also so much upkeep. So much upkeep. I mean, even 15,000 square foot is huge. It's, it's insane. It's insanely huge, a 15,000 square foot house. It's, it's massive, especially in Calabasas. I mean, not in Calabasas, in LA. Yeah. I just can't believe she's moving. I mean, listen, I'm sure she'll keep the other house. I'm sure. I don't even know how many properties she has at this point, but to me, this then becomes the main house. You don't put yeah. this much work into a house that big and not use it as your main house. It just, even for Kylie. 
I mean, listen, we'll see. All I can tell you is I don't give a shit what she does. I just can't wait to watch the progression. Oh my God, I can't wait for the Arc Digest right after. I know, I know. Also, this was a story that was circulating. I personally think that it was blown up way out of proportion, but I know you guys wanted us to talk about it. Scott liked this old picture from this account, Corny Archives. It's a small fan account. It has a couple hundred followers. And it was a picture of them, Scott and Courtney kissing from back in the day. He liked it. He then unliked it. But the like, fuck, it was like the like heard around the world. I don't know. Is it the biggest thing in the world to you? Hot take. I think it was an accident that he liked it. Yeah, right? I think it was a, comp- like, I know that's so naive of me to say, but I just, Scott is not one to like a lot of pictures and not one to like a lot of throwback pictures. And like, certainly not one to like pictures of him and Courtney. We've like never seen that before. So it just seems unlikely to me that the one time he's going to have an act of like, of like, um, outward expression towards old photos of him and Courtney, he's going to do it on a small account that like he would have happened to have accidentally stumbled upon in the first place. What I bet happened was that he was tagged in that photo. He clicked on it, accidentally liked it, didn't realize until it became such a big news story. And then immediately unliked it as soon as he realized, I just don't see a world in which that was a purposeful like, honestly, I don't know if that's naive of me. I just don't see it. No, Julie, I totally agree with you. He's not, listen, he has been in this family long enough to know that a like, no matter how small the account is, will go viral. And I just don't think that, especially considering how positive his relationship is with Sophia right now, that that's something he wants publicity for. He doesn't I mean just, it. I like, don't think he's sketchy like that. Yeah, I just, it's, I just don't see a world. Like there was no good that was going to come out of it on his end. Yeah, I don't, I, I just can't envision it. I can't envision that being a purposeful thing. I agree with you. Wow, I feel so bad because I know that people were really excited about that, but that's my honest opinion. I can't lie. Because you know that it's over between them. Julie, I A couple of months ago, you would have thought, not that you would have thought it was a big deal, but you would have like thought there was something at least a little bit to it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because I think it was an accidental like doesn't mean I'm completely getting rid of any of my faith in a potential reunion. I think you are. Julie, I mean, come on. I think this season of Kardashians has put you in a different place as to where you would like Scott and Courtney to be in their relationship. Wow, interesting. I think the way Courtney has been has turned you off from the idea. You're right. You are right. There's legitimacy to what you're saying. I am a little bit turned off because I can't, I'm having a hard time getting behind her, although I support her. And I'm obviously, you know, really just love Scott. But just as she evolved, I don't hold it past her to evolve and potentially find a time. And also, I'm also fine with him ending up with Sophia or whoever he ends up with. But no, I haven't completely abandoned the thought. But yes, you're right. I'm a little less gung-ho as I was. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. No, you're totally right. Um, the next thing we wanted to talk about was Kanye has been officially named a billionaire by Forbes. They estimated his net worth at $1.3 billion And then <laughs> the most classic storyline ever, Forbes says that uh, Kanye sent them a text saying that it was actually $3.3 billion, quote, since no one at Forbes knows how to count. <laughs> Would you like to speak on that? Because I just, I don't have anything to say. No, there's, no, there's nothing to say. That's oh the thing. Oh, the funniest part about this, I was reading an article that like he's like apparently like been all over Forbes to name him. But but in Kanye's defense, like being a billionaire from from the way he started and what he's done and how many rappers you think about becoming billionaires, it's pretty much just Jay-Z. Like that's a big deal to him. I understand why he like wants that title. 
No, I understand it too. I understand it too. It just, as a normal person reading that, it just comes across as so unbelievably narcissistic. It, like, I guess that's I get the it. thing about Kanye is that like you have, like the narcissism is a given. There's just no scenario in which the narcissism isn't a given. I know, I know. You're right. I have to, it's like, it's it's kind of like, I have to just accept that and then just view his actions after that kind of like as, you know what, I can't get worked up. And I don't get worked up, obviously. It's just, I guess specifically at this time, it was just a bad, like bad uh, timing for all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the middle of a global pandemic, you're pissed at Forbes for devaluing your net worth by a couple billion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just. No, I so know what you mean. But I also but get also, it. Like, Forbes is putting out their list of billionaires also still in the middle of a pandemic. So whose fault is that? No, I totally agree. And you're right. He worked really fucking hard. I mean, there's like, you know, Jay-Z, uh, Diddy. There are a couple of rappers who really have worked their way up in also the, you know, producing world, et cetera. So, but billionaires, a hu- billionaires, like, you know. Yeah, it's very- a huge goddamn deal. It yeah. is a huge deal to be named a billionaire. Totally. Especially in the music industry. Yeah, I mean, he also, like, he has so many other businesses and ventures that go into that. So it's just, I don't know. I think it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Yeezy really put him over the edge. Yeah. Yeezy, I think, is what did it. I also wanted to read, so last week on the Kardashian recap episode, we were talking about, you know, on the the episode recap, we were talking about Chloe's whole fertility thing with Tristan. And, like, we didn't pretend to have any more knowledge than we did, but we didn't fully understand what she was saying with the documents that she was going to have him sign, et cetera. And we got some inboxes clarifying it. And I wanted to um, read one of them because it made sense for me. And I think it would make sense for anybody else that was confused. Um, Love the podcast, just finished, et cetera. Wanted to mention that I think you're putting too much stock on the parental rights waiver. They're typically for sperm donation because they terminate the parental rights of the donor. That is important because it prevents a situation where the mother can sue the donor for child support. In this case, it would protect Chloe from Tristan being legally entitled to visitation or suing for custody down the line, regardless of whatever arrangement or level of involvement they personally decide on. It absolutely makes sense that Chloe would want to ensure that Tristan would have no legal right to a child she intends to have and raise on her own, even if they decide Tristan will be involved in the child's life. Someone else said that um, depending on state laws, it would be more for her to protect the embryos than anything to do with his involvement after a child was born. If he doesn't sign away his rights, then he would have a say if and when the embryos were used, and he could potentially try and take them for himself. Um, if she said, if my memory is correct, Sophia Vergara went through this with an ex and it was messy. So just interesting insight. Very interesting. And I'm glad you brought that up because once I was reading it, I was like, oh, I was like annoyed at myself for not understanding on that level but I will say I still think it's interesting that she brought it up as a point in the show regardless of like the intricacies of the league of the legality behind it well I that's that's kind of what I'm saying like I'm glad that I now have more clarification as to the legalities and I read about it and it does make more sense totally like and I get her doing that I think her bringing it up on the show was not a way to explain the like legal nuances I think it was to put out the image to her sisters and to the to the public of like this is not me having an intention of getting back with him that's how I felt too I felt like I I under once people were explaining to us what they took away from it or what they you know their understanding was I totally understood where they were coming from and I like feel a lot more educated than I did prior I just also think that the way she said it and the context of which she said it in I was I just wasn't thinking that angle Totally. Like I wasn't thinking that it would be like a given that they would that that law would be in place or that that we were talking on such like um such a like pre baby level. Yeah, totally agree. Um, is there anything else that you want to add, Kardashian wise? 
I don't think so. You know what? Can we just talk about Travis and Kylie for one more minute? Yeah. Do you think they're together or no? I know our last, I know our last update was Mason saying they weren't, but I don't know. I mean, do I think it's platonic? No. There's no way, like, listen, there's no way they're not having sex in quarantine. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like also, okay, forget if you're there with your baby daddy or not. If you're in that Palm Springs house, you could be there with a guy who up until this point has totally been a friend. That house just makes you want to have sex. And I think like quarantine does. Yeah, well, obviously quarantine, you're going crazy. You are in this gorgeous house with plenty of rooms. You're telling me that they're not going out to that swing. You know exactly which one I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Chris Jenner just fell asleep on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. It just seems unlikely to me. It seems unlikely to me too. I don't know. I can't get over this whole like buying a $36 million house so far away from Calabasas. I just think it has something to do with like them starting over. Julie, that is like not even, wouldn't even be a little bit surprising to me. And I, we're, the, the bottom line is that we just have to wait because we don't know. I know. I know. You know? You're right. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I wanted to mention, not Kardashian related, is on Friday nights, Serena Kerrigan does this thing called Let's Fucking Date, Friday nights at 8.30, where she basically like, if you guys don't know who she is, she used to work for Refinery29. She actually still may. She's a content creator. And she does this thing where she virtually dates these guys and I watched it for the first time last week and I was strangely so into it because it's like a legitimate date. She did it with Bachelor people last week, but I think next week it won't be. So it was a fun quarantine pastime for me. I don't know if you guys will be interested. There's one other thing that I wanted to mention, but I can't think of this moment. Oh, was, was it all American? Well, oh yes, it was. I knew it. <laughs> I just would love everybody to watch All American because I really want to talk about it. And I am so, so grateful to Julie for telling me to watch it. You're welcome, kid. Amazing show. Amazing show. Amazing fucking show. Yeah. Oh my God. Jordan Baker. Fuck me up. I know. I, I like told Julie, I was like, I'm taking over comments by TikTok and I've just been posting Chris Cuomo and Jordan Baker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday for Too Hot to Handle episode and then Friday for the Kardashians. And um, I hope you have a great week. This season on Naughty Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take Yada Yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join. Same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.